Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua, Gangsta Time Cole. Cold partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? Hey, bud. Wait. Whoa. Hold up. Whoa. Eight games. <laughs> Whatever could you be talking about, Joshua Cole? Oh, it, these guys. The New York right Knickerbockers? Here. Is that is that now, is that what now. you could possibly be talking about? Oh yes. Oh <laughs> yes, Chris. Um this is just unbelievable. <laughs> but very believable because I watch my guys, mm. you know, damn near every night and yo, they put in so much work. I love it. Yeah, this one is Julius Randall is right now. Julius Randall's putting in work, dude. He's woke. Oh, he woke yeah. up. And he's got company, <laughs> Finally woke man. Up. That we, you know, number one defense in the league by most metrics, right? Uh, let's be honest. If AD, like, if AD and LeBron come back, though, they go back up to the top. All right. Be real, but I mean, Knicks are I doing. Our- saying the Knicks winning the championship and that thing. Calm down there, Brian. No, I'm, I'm talking about like they go to the back. I'm saying y'all niggas got to worry about. LeBron and AD. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, when they get back, they're they're going to be top defense. You know what I mean? Because Frank Vogel is pretty good defensive coach. Uh, we'll see. I feel like if we'll the see. if the Knicks made the playoffs like this year, Josh would just evaporate into dust. Oh, they no, probably they are. are making, no, they like, actually are. Oh, I don't follow basketball. Right I have now. no idea. Oh no. <laughs> well, no, no, it's fine. Listen, I'm not putting. I'm, 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 I'm not flaming you right now. I'm just letting you know mm. we do have the fourth seed in the East. <laughs> well, well, let's do, let's do this episode in honor of Randall. Congratulations, Randall. Oh yes, for Randall. Let's go. Um, also joining us, I didn't even get a chance to <laughs> introduce him because of the Knicks love here. But uh, it is uh, Edge Lord, sixty-four ounces. Big news, Brian. What's up, guys? What's up, nerds? Any basketball teams you want to shout out, Brian? Uh, shout out to Steph Curry for uh, breaking Kobe Bryant's uh, thirty-point-plus streak, uh, eleven games straight. That dude's a fucking yeah. god. Greatest shooter known to man. So. Glad to have him back, honestly. For Randall, for Curry. <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I have no sports to really shout about. I don't know. We got... Uh, wait, wait. Also, shout out to the Overwatch League for uh, starting their season off last week. Pretty pog. Pretty great. Yeah. Quite poggers. Who's your favorite team in Overwatch League? Yeah, dude. This... Favorite player, super, super from the San Francisco Shock. Uh, the you see the San Francisco Shock are kind of like you know the um, they're kind of like the the they're like the Patriots of the of the Overwatch League. Like they're wow. that fucking good. They're so fucking good. They're they're star studded. They have amazing talent. But it's kind of like I don't want to say they're my favorite team. I just really like their players. So I'll just say like you know the Dallas Fuel maybe or like uh, New York are my favorite teams, hmm. but quite. 
In any case, I guess we should. This is a long show. We actually have a really big show to get to. So, you know, fuck all this sports talk. Let's get back to the nerd shit. It's time. Let's get into plugs. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. And that's on Instagram as well. Yeah. Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you could also catch me on twitch.tv slash it's punchline if you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming. Nice. Uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram, especially on Twitter, because we do a fun Twitter poll uh, where we get to get your guys' opinion on what your favorite manga chapter of the week is. I have the results. Uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm very excited to reveal. Uh, but if you want to get in on the action, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the poll goes up every Sunday, kind of when the chapters come out. So, yeah, get into it. Uh, you can follow our theme song guy at drumfoo, uh, at drum underscore foo. Very talented individuals you can hear. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. Or comment under whatever video you guys are watching. Uh, if you guys listen to the audio version of the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, leave us a five-star review. That would be super helpful. Uh, I, I get like little emails about where we are in the rankings, and I'm like, let's go higher. So give us a give us a five-star review if you love the show. It would be very much appreciated. Uh, I think that's it. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that like button. Share it with your friends. And uh, without further ado, spoiler alerts ahead, let's get this party started. It, it is time to randomize. Black Clover. Ooh. Oh, yeah. This is Black Clover, chapter 290. Uh, the audience <laughs> voted RGC for the week. Certified yeah. RGC. Have, have Certified the RGC. king is back. Certified RGC. You know what? Hold on, real quick before we get into this, I have to have a word with with our audience. You know, I have to I have to have a word because you know what? Last week, last week, I heard what you guys did. You you chose My Hero Academia to be oh audience RGC when I'm gone. Only when I'm gone do you guys do that. But then I come back and then all of a sudden you want to put it back on the you want to put Black Clover on the top again. Come on, guys, really, really? We're, do we have a problem? Do you guys have a problem with me or something? What's going on? Do I have to catch I you guys outside? Yeah. Hey, honestly, I'll tell you what. I don't think it's all that unfounded, but uh, let's get into it as we go forward. Uh, last we left off, uh, uh, Asta, I almost call, I keep almost calling him Black Clover. <laughs> but, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Black Clover himself. Yeah, Mr. Black Clover himself, uh, reverse. Uh, the big spirit bomb thing that uh, this fusion demon uh, sent at him. Uh, and at that point, Asta has now just gone down to two minutes left that he can use his union form. So he decided uh, to summon his second sword, the demon dweller, and go ham. Uh, he cuts the spirit bomb like a thousand times. It looks really nice. So he cuts, he slides it really clean. Uh, there's You can see like the little corners and edges. Uh it's kind of perfect. He chases this uh, yeah. fucking demon around, and we get a little bit of an inner monologue with Lieb, 
who starts thinking about how he was the weakest one in the in the demon world and there was no way that he would ever get to step up against the uh against the stronger demons against the supreme devils um but thanks to asta he's he's ready to fight at the highest possible level um so basically he's like you know the demon version of asta in a sense i feel like he had it a little worse than asta because like lieb endures a demon yeah and they're meaner than humans who just kind of like were ha ha to asta that was the worst he really (laughs) faced uh but yeah and at that moment that's when the demon is just starting to think like whoa nothing i do is working uh this isn't fun at all uh and he's and this demon is like what is this emotion (laughs) (laughs) and lieb i guess just like is like oh i bet you never felt this shit before because no one was ever a threat to you it's called fear and uh yeah the demon just decides to hightail it he's out he's like i'm out of here dude (laughs) and uh yeah he's a little faster than asta he can't really he's like getting away um and asta's running out of time slowly so after realizing that like his because asta yelled this out like he yelled out his his one weakness in this union form he's like oh all i do is like buy time for like a minute i can run away for like two minutes oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and as he's getting away uh guess who shows up guess who's back uh knocked pulls up through his little demon uh his little uh shadow portal thing and summons a bunch of hands to grab this man with he said, where are you going? Where are you doing? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> he told them, I won't allow that. That's that's a big deal to tell somebody that they won't be allowed, that I am not allowing you to do something like as if that was your child. <laughs> yeah. That's he sunned, he sunned him. Yeah. He said, sit down. He sunned him. Sit down and wait. <laughs> uh, so he. Thank you, boy. He thinks to himself, uh, "I can, I could hold you for at least a moment." And uh, at that moment, uh, yeah, he's 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 vexed. He's very scared. And Asta takes the opportunity to run up on him and slash this dude clean in half. Uh, he says, "Get your dirty hands off this world!" <laughs> Get off this world! <laughs> you dirty ass hands, nigga. That was funny. And he's out. Yeah, he slices the demon in half. Uh, and at, it's at that very moment that's when Noct and uh, Asta separate and uh, they dap each other up as they fall full page spread as uh, the chapter comes to an end uh, this was the audience RGC and I don't necessarily I, like, it's not mine <laughs> but I will say I like this chapter <laughs> uh, I like this a lot and it was my second favorite you know what really kind of saved it is knocked, uh, like kind of coming in and doing something. I appreciated that, um, and I liked Lieb a lot more than Asta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he balances him out. In a good he really way. does. Uh, I I re- Lieb was probably the best thing to ever happen to Asta as a character. Um, the cool thing is that I feel like it wasn't. Um, it, it was something that was planned and even yeah, though he sure. kind of just popped on the scene it feels like he's been here the whole time yeah it, it makes sense oh yeah it's not an ass pull at all obviously this was like Lieb was a character that's supposed to be coming in later um but yeah i really liked it um i i 
I don't disagree. I, I have no arguments with people calling it the RGC this time because I feel like this hit me on an emotional level, which Black Clover does sometimes, where it, it hits that core of you that really likes just this fucking dope shonen shit, you know? But it's like, yeah. Uh, when it hits, it hits really well. Uh, it appealed to my uh, it appealed to my nostalgia senses of like reading old Dragon Ball Z and watching Dra- uh, Goku like fuck yeah and, yeah right <laughs> you arrogant son of a bitch <laughs> now I'll beat the shit out of you yeah I'm gonna cut you up like a motherfucker <laughs> um, yeah he just ended this guy's life for sure though or you know whatever version of existence it is that I guess the devils have in Black Clover for sure it's unconfirmed I mean but I think they can be. They can be, they can be whisked away. That's what happened to the other guy in that last arc, right? He, 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 he pseudo died or something, right? Something Which guy? To him. He's not here no more. Which guy? The main guy, the main bag, the, the the double from the previous arc. Dante. The previous war arc. No, way before that. Um, with the elf people, remember? Yeah. Oh, um, no, he's here. He's in the. He's helping. The pe- yes, the elf guy's here, but the devil from that arc. Oh yeah, he's, he's, gone. Of- he's gone. He's um, gone. Whatever. <laughs> In any case, I get what you mean. Um, Black Clover, really, really fun chapter to read. Um, it's kind of like the quintessential Black Clover chapter. Like this is the best kind of stuff the series has to offer. I appreciated it, and I am not mad this time. <laughs> I know I'm very hot and cold on Black Clover, but honestly. It's good that it kind of evokes that passion out of me in general. So not mad at it at all. All right. Uh, you guys ready to move on to our next series? Yeah. Then let's go. It is time to randomize. Hmm. Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. This one is a lot. <laughs> it's uh, This is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 146 about the calling game. Um, last we left off. The team went over to meet, to visit Master Tengen, and uh, he explained a way to free Jogo from the uh, prison realm. And he's about, uh, and their conversation just kind of continues on from there. Last we heard, there is a sorcerer in the Culling Game that has the ability to nullify any cursed technique. It seems, and we get a confirmation of that starting this chapter, where Tengen is like, "Yes, this person can open the back of the prison realm." So I guess they have to find her and uh, enforce her to do it. Uh, we get a little bit of an explanation as to how, uh, you know, the colonies in Japan work in terms of this universe. Uh, there are 10 colonies in Japan. All of them are connected by barriers that kind of protect people from curses, I guess, to a degree. Or, you know, um, yeah, I guess. It's kind of like um, how people can't see hollows in bleach i guess is what i'm saying sure uh and now ever since uh the shibuya incident the barrier has just kind of like moved away for, uh has like just kind of like left japan for to for lack of a better term uh except for a certain area uh, hokkaido which is like such a sacred uh a sacred area that it's not affected really by anything that's going on right now well, I think they assume the player has its own barrier anyway. Yeah, it has its own separate barrier. It's not included in the equation for the rest of Japan. Right. Um, I want to go to Hokkaido one day. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know. All it's nature f- stuff, right? Yeah, the Jujutsu right. Society's there, so it's probably 
pretty safe, <laughs> I would say. Um, and then from there on out, we get just kind of a comprehensive breakdown of every single rule of the culling game. Uh, I'll try to make this brief. The first rule, thankfully, is a little simple. It's simple. You know, you have to declare your participation in the game within 19 days. Uh, the second rule is that if you break the first rule, you're subject to curse technique removal, which is highly um, theorized that it means you die because the removal of cursed technique is because cursed techniques are so intrinsic with your mind and your brain. Uh, something removing it might do something to your brain and end up killing you. Uh, so basically, if you don't participate in the game and you're a jujutsu sorcerer, you're you're dead. Uh, non-players become uh, players at the moment of entry into a barrier, even if they don't mean it, uh, which is all kinds of fucked up. Uh, but apparently people who are already in the barrier have a chance to exit, unlike people who walk in, it seems. Mm. Um, so That's fair. <laughs> I guess. Um, player score points by the end uh, by ending the lives of other players. So And generally, uh, sorcerers are worth five points. Regular people are worth one, which sucks because there's now an incentive to kill random folks who end up in, this, in their barriers. Uh, and uh, the Game Master is actually... They ask about the Game Master, and Tengen explains that the Game Master is this, for lack of a better word, the Shikigami called Kogane. It's not necessarily a Game Master in a way where there's like somebody in charge of the game. I would say these are closer to just refs, maybe? Sure. You know, because these are the things that you negotiate with if you want to, you know, create a rule later. They're the ones who... Yeah, they they're the games interface. They probably they keep score and all that. They can right. know how much time do I have left on this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, basically. Probably. Cool. Um, the sixth rule: you can uh, use a hundred points uh, aside from your own personal value. You can do that to uh, to add one rule. You can't subtract a rule, but yeah, using the rule that you add, you can counteract other rules in the game. So that's the kind of the strategy there. Um, the seventh rule. Uh, in accordance in accordance to the previous rule, the game master must accept any proposed new rule unless it has a marked and long-lasting effect on the game, which is weird. It's a weird rule. I guess like there is some wiggle room where they can't just add any rule, uh, and that's kind of like the only advantage that Kenjaku has is that they just can't like end the game or whatever. They have to do something to keep the game that keeps the game going that to propose a rule that continues the game uh, if a player rem score remains the same for 19 days they die uh, it's pretty fucked up and uh itadori is like i have to kill people again Dang it. and fushigoro is like no i have some a few ideas interesting um and i think that's it that's the last rule isn't it <laughs> the eighth rule uh I'm I'm glad I got there a little faster than I thought I would. Uh, we get a little recap of what they've decided so far. Yuki and Choso are going to remain here to gain to guard Tengen. Uh, Maki is going to go to the Zenin clan and collect cursed tools. Uh, they were kind of concerned how she was going to get it, but now that uh, Fushigoro is the new leader of the Zenin clan, it'll be way easier for her to open doors and get into warehouses. So. She's going to collect as many weapons as she can because that is her bag. Um, 
he she asks him though about this uh juzo kumiya's workshop which is interesting i guess like he's a cursed tool maker and mm. uh i guess she's gonna come back souped up with some dope new cursed tools uh okay yeah, after she gathers her weapon, she's going to find Panda, and Panda's probably going to be back. Hell yeah. Uh, big fan, one of these. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like how Okotsu, Okotsu's going directly into the game after this, uh, mm. which is... Like, yeah, I need to collect some notes, so... I'm going to go in. Hmm. And I guess he's looking out for Sumiki as well, uh, Fujigoro's sister. Um but yeah, he's going in immediately, you know, to try and get some information on how the game works firsthand. Uh, there won't be any cell phone service for the most part, or they can expect to not have cell phone service because that's part of a barriers thing is that it blocks cell phone re- reception, which is true. All right, it's we get it. We won't see Okotsu for a little while again. That's actually a consistent rule uh, that I've seen, like, done before or mentioned before. Oh, because, in the... Yeah, in previous... Oh, go ahead. It was built up okay. in previous things. Okay. It's like introducing it. Goku into the series and then being like, okay, now he's being taken away by... We'll see him. <laughs> we'll see him soon. Son Goku. Son Goku. Um, and finally, uh, Itadori and Megumi are going off to find Kenji Hikari, uh, another one of these like uh, these upperclassmen that have been fabled to have the potential to be stronger than Gojo. Uh, oh man, a suspended third year. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I'm surprised he showed up this fast after introducing uh, Okotsu. So, I think this is cool. Well, their hands are tied essentially, so it'd be weird if they didn't think of him. You know. Also, it looks like they they're doing a redesign for him because uh, his first appearance he was like black with a fade and an and like uh, dreads. I actually now, don't remember how he's so supposed to look like. More what? Um, yeah, that's what the original Hikari looked like in the in his original silhouette. But now this silhouette looks different from, from his original silhouette. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I have to look up because it's like Okotsu does hang out. He with, looks different from how he was. Okotsu was hanging out with this guy named Miguel, who is a dark skinned man, and uh, I think he's maybe the guy. But I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember at all in that term. But yeah, everybody has their jobs. Everybody splits off. There's a little touching moment where, as Itadori leaves, he says, Choso, I appreciate it. And Choso's like, <laughs> don't die, okay? Cool beans. Um, we then cut to a comedy show, I guess, in Japan. Uh, and this comic is doing some weird prop humor, I guess. And he's bombing pretty badly. Uh, and he's getting yelled at. There's at a banana in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> this may be one thing that just naturally doesn't translate well to Japan. But he's also supposed to be a bad comic, so yeah. Um, but yeah, his manager yells at him. I guess he's like, "What the fuck, dude? How could you oh, bomb he that goes hard?" In. Dude, it's it's sad. <laughs> it makes me sad. Uh, it's he a, even has the lines in the panel. Look behind him. The depressed weight of despair yeah he has uh, <laughs> shade lines <laughs> oh but um at, the manager bounces but this guy who's just hanging out he's like i don't just like your jokes takaba uh, you don't have to be talented to make it you know you which is honestly kind of a nice sentiment <laughs> it's 
it's like a nice thing to say, I guess. But it actually kind of hurts my heart. And he's like, uh, comics who are funny, the, the in- two types of comics will always be in demand. Comics who are funny and comics who think they're funny. Which are you? Ooh. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I thought it was kind of nice for a minute because he said, I don't dislike your jokes, but I don't know. Yeah, I will feel bad <laughs> if this question was presented to me. I do I do comedy sometimes, so I'm just like, fuck, this is <laughs> my worst night. Like, imagine somebody just giving you like the the straight cold facts, like I would hurt I would <laughs> it would hurt so bad. Um But yeah, he's just sitting there and it's revealed that this guy Fumihiko Takaba is actually a player in the calling game. So he is a jujutsu sorcerer, probably one of the few that were awakened by Kenjaku in the Shibuya arc. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, I mean, a lot of exposition. This is very World Trigger-esque, even, where they really took a minute to break down exactly what was happening. The next yeah, episode. come on. Who else, man? Tabata? Ashihara. Ashi? No, not... Not not the world trigger out there. Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, uh, Akutami is his name. Jeez, you're good, man. You're good. I'm just looking at his name. I don't remember. <laughs> I, just, I just went back. <laughs> oh, well, you're still good for doing that. I didn't even have the presence of mind to do so. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is not a lot of necessarily plot so much as exposition, but very welcome because... Mm-hmm. The rules are kind of like weirdly worded, so it was good to have a little bit of an explanation for the most part. Uh, yeah. I'm very fascinated to see how this works. Uh, I think they have to find uh, Hikari and then find um, this girl, Sumiki. You know, that that's their whole goal is to kind of save her. Uh, but yeah, I'm very interested to see how I'm it goes. Save Sumiki. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Panda making his return, doing some cool shit. Lots to look forward to in this art. I'm here for it. Um, but that's all I got to say about it. You guys ready to move on? Yep. All right. Let's randomize. Dragon Ball Super. Oh, this came out early. This is Dragon Ball Super number chapter 71. Uh, the Heater's Plan. Um. Last we left off, uh, uh, I almost called him Serial. Granola made himself the strongest <laughs> person in the universe. Uh, and uh, he's off to find Frieza. He was off to find Frieza. He interrogated his friends in the heaters. And they said, hold up. We'll tell you when we find him. But, you know, I guess they're plotting for him to have a collision course with the Saiyans instead. And um, we cut over to Goku training with Whis. And, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a little bit of a training sequence, but there is something interesting that I really liked about this is basically, um, Whis asks Goku is like, what's the difference between angels and, you know, you guys? And Goku's like, halos? Oh. Oh. You're so cool, Bang. You cracked in his fucking head. Immediately yeah. <laughs> after. Yeah. Um. And Whis explains is that we're always in the ultra instinct state while you and Goku's like, nah, I know I have to transform in order to do it, but I can't just do it. And um, Whis is like, actually, no, your problem is that you're, you think of 
Ultra Instinct as a transformation where it's really a state of mind. Uh, that's what makes us special is that we're naturally just always in that state. And the reason that you can access it as well is because you think of it as a thing you have to unlock every time you use it. Um, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that was that was pretty cool. Man. I appreciate it broke that down. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that they're I'm exactly pretty happy that they're not making it like another transformation as as opposed to you know something Goku has to become, you know, as a as a whole individual. And we says it's the same thing for you, Vegeta. Like your things is that your these things are not forms. They're not like special moves. They're states of being. So always train yourselves to be better than your past selves. Um, and mm-hmm. at that point, that's when Weez points out that uh, someone, something odd happened in the universe. It might be an enemy. He's not really sure, but he knows something went down. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Granola goes back to his planet and just kind of like sulks for a minute. He's just waiting for the heater to tell him about Frieza. <laughs> I want my revenge. Uh, and he's also keeping an eye on his Namekian friend that he left behind. Um, uh, meanwhile, the heaters are going off to play pay Zuno a visit. Uh, I guess to find out a few things about the Saiyans and about Frieza, I guess. So, you know, he sends uh, the girl lady the girl um heater and the big guy to go off and find zuno meanwhile he stays behind with gas and gas is upset he's like why did you let me fight granola and he's like we couldn't afford to lose you bro and you know even if even if you know you could have beaten him your fight your moment to fight has left yet to come you're the only one who can fight frieza so we cut over to zuno's headquarters and they're like the the girl heater is just like why should i have to kiss you because if you want knowledge from zuno you have to yeah a lady has to kiss him so you know he's just like there's no way for me to answer the question without you kissing me and i'm like jeez fucking weirdo um and after much uh fighting about it uh she just she just does it she gives him a kiss and he's like mm-hmm. he blushes uh so he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> <He's like, "Nah." laughs> to uh, the side. Yes. And that kiss earns them 10 questions. So they start asking their questions and we cut over back to um, Goku. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's getting the hang of the ultra instinct. He's not quite there yet, but you see that he's improving steadily. Uh, very cool. Vegeta has a big improvement of his own. Uh, as he's like you know just destroying logs that Beerus tosses to him using destroyer power and he really lets loose and ends up destroying an entire landscape uh, some more development pretty nice Um, no I think what happened with the big log alright so Beerus ended up surprising him with a big log and out of instinct he blasted it instead of destroying it as you see how it left like a cavity, you know, like like it was a regular key blast or whatever you call that shit. Mm. So then that's why he was like, um, as you, you can see in that panel, he's like, you know, yelling at him and pointing like, yeah, why did you do that? You scared? Just yeah. get hit by the fucking log. You're saying. 
What oh, is wrong with actually, you? Actually, I think I think it's because Beerus was in his path. Because if you Are look, you he's like right there where Vegeta did his whole blast. Oh, so wow. I think that may be why. He's so he in. really did do it. Yeah, I think he got a little better at it. It's unclear. Right. I wish they had done a little bit of dialogue here, but I get what they're trying to do. It could have been either way. Uh, I'm erring on the side that Vegeta is also kind of improving, and this is him showing you know, that he's doing his thing. Well, he was definitely destroying all those little logs. Yeah, that's for sure. But I guess that makes more sense. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile on, Earth, meanwhile on Earth, the heaters pull up to Goku's house, and I guess this is just like a regular thing. They're used to this where aliens just pull up to their house and start asking where Goku is. Uh, <laughs> It's a daily occurrence. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, and Whis gets a call from Bulma that she also got the visitors. So, you know, they call Vegeta and Goku to go down there because uh, they say that they got a villain to defeat, which is, of course, Granola. Um, and, you know, they basically ask them to help, and they do. Um, but before that, we get, like, actually a nice little scene where uh, Beerus gives Vegeta one of his earrings is like you're my squeer part of my team now. And um Goku gets uh Whis's insignia back. So, you know, they're like representing both Whis and uh and Beerus. It's a sweet little moment, especially from Beerus, who tends to be so Sundare about the two scenes. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's really dope because it's a it's a type of growth that's different than I mean, it's not that different for Dragon Ball, but I think it was super interesting on Goku's part where he, you know, the path to him getting stronger is not through just pure training, but, you know, he has to, you know, develop mentally. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a step in a different direction. And it's cool seeing Vegeta face, I, I guess, an obstacle and actually train. May, you know, I, I guess they showed, they may have showed it early in the comic, but I haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. And I've barely seen it in the show growing up. So this is just really dope. I really like this chapter. Yeah. Uh, so far. Anywhere. I mean, yeah, one of the things that, like, keeps me hooked on this series and keeps me reading is that, like, when they uh, when they succeed in pushing Goku and Vegeta further in a competent way, it, it, it really works. Um, and it takes Dragon Ball to another level. And, you know, it shows potential that Dragon Ball Super can be, like, a, a worthy continuation. Um, yeah. But in any case, yeah, they get there. They accept the mission. Uh, and... Beerus gets a call from the heaters afterwards as they're on their way to Planet Serial. Uh, and they basically say, oops, we slipped up. Uh, and uh, one of our scout troops uh, told Frieza where you are. And he's sending these two assassins over. And they're Saiyans. And Granola's like, Saiyans? I hate them too. And He really did stutter. Yeah. So... Yeah, he's excited. He, he might not get Frieza right now, but he's seeing Goku and Vegeta as, you know, a way to test out how strong he really is. So after that, he flies up out of his ship and he looks into the horizon at his uh, at his dead home and he thinks to himself, Saiyans are coming to my planet again. <laughs> it's 50 years overdue, but revenge will finally be mine. And that's the chapter. Um, I like this a lot more than I thought I would. It was one of the better chapters of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I mean, do you have anything to say, Jeff? No, well, I thought, 
he was like, what? what? <laughs> I'm about to say it. He was so shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was very excited. But, um, no, I already said it earlier. I like this chapter because of the uh, the training and development shown with mm-hmm. uh, two protagonists. And I'm looking forward to this fight. I have no idea what to expect from, from Mr. Serial Guy. Well. Granola. Granola, granola, granola. Probably from Granola. <laughs> Mr. Serial Guy. I, probably a lot yeah. of punches and kicks. Maybe some blasts. <laughs> some blasts. <laughs> some blasts. <laughs> maybe. 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 A comment, maybe huh? some some powering up. Some ah, uh, now uh, it's time to get serious. Oh, Vegeta, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, all right. I know. I'm sorry. All right, all right. I we're positive on this chapter. No, no, this shit was lit, and I, I'm pretty sure that next chapter is gonna be super lit too. For sure. Um, Brian, do you want to say anything about Dragon Ball Super? I thought it was. I think um, I'm starting to warm up to Granola a little bit more. I think. Yeah, me too. I think. I think it's cool that they didn't just make him into a villain. They made it into like a whole like, you know, Baron Zemo Civil War third party thing where he's kind of pitting everybody against each other and shit. Yeah. So I think that I think I'm actually looking forward to this. This is a lot more complex of a arc than Dragon Ball usually has. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think Dragon Ball says usually, a lot. Yeah, but usually I, there's I not this I'm much thought into it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. leaders are playing their cards well, huh? They are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're actually looking like pulled up to them, pressed them, and they was like bet 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 bet, and now they're pulling the strings. I don't think. Yo, they're good. Yeah, they're they're looking like they want, like they actually do want to be the best, and that doesn't necessarily mean in in brawn, but in like political power and political like movements. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so um, I think that's cool. Use this little ass nigga. Yeah, and then, and then oil or whatever his fucking name is, is the strong guy in the fan. Gas. Oh wait, wait, wait. Which one's wait? Which gas. one are you talking about? The little one that looks like Kid Boo, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Gas. He's like, man, you should let me fought him. He's like, listen, bro, I care about your safety. You would have got <laughs> your shit. Why? <laughs> He's talking about buds. I still, I still think you're strong. Hey, I'm gonna let he you fight Freeza. Like, <laughs> <He's>, hey, <"Aye>, okay. <laughs> this is this is good. Yeah, uh, the fight. Uh, I, I, I imagine the fight has some type of strategy. Yeah. I hope they jump this nigga. I don't want no failing. <laughs> uh, you hope they jump Kaisen him. I hope Goku. I hope oh, Goku God. asks Vegeta like for the fair one, and Vegeta's like bet. And as soon as he goes to fight, he just just <laughs> with the destruction shit. <laughs> yeah. No fair one, son. You can't expect too much from Dragon Ball. Like this is, I think we're we're asking, we're already getting too much non-Dragon Ball uh, traditional arc right now. There, there, oh, there's yeah. gonna be a part where they're gonna disappoint us at some point. Hey, so. hey, hey! <laughs> I'm enjoying it while it is. I'm enjoying it in the now. I'm not looking towards the future. I'm thinking like, yo, this was a good chapter. I'm not thinking about later. You know, if you have no expectations, you can't be disappointed. And even Uncharted if it does, territory, boys. Even if it does turn out to be a punchy, punchy, kick, kick, fight, fight. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. Whatever. It is what it is. He said if. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm being, I'm being generous, okay? I'm trying to be more Very. positive. Um, but I think that's all about Dragon Ball Super. Um, you guys ready to randomize? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. Let's go. Fuck yeah!
Justice League. Uh, this is Justice League number Justice 16. League? Justice How would you say that in Spanish? I don't know. Brian, Google Translate. How would you say it in New Yorkian? You could say it. You could say Justice League in Spanish. Ooh, How Justice you say it in, League. In New Yor- what about in New Yorkian? Oh, hold on. Let me. <laughs> He's got. Like, you know how they say the Yankees? The like, Yankees. New Yorican Yankees. Yankees, yeah. So, how would they. I don't right. know. You know what? It's okay. I'll, we'll I'll wait for Brian to do his, like, his, his whole thing. Uh, he'll come back to us with an answer. But in any case, this is Justice League number 60. Last we left off, uh, there's a new villain from Naomi's world who's just coming by and fucking shit up. Okay, okay. So, you. It's, it's Justicia Liga. Liga. What? Legal. Okay. <laughs> Justicia legal. I feel legal. Like wrong. Legal or legal? Legal. They okay. gave me like three different fucking names. I feel like that's wrong, but okay. Legal? Legal? It's not justice legal. Justicia legal. Okay. Legal. legal. All right. Okay, there you well, go. Thanks, like my league. parents. Fourth league. Uh, Just said like baseball. That's all right. Yeah, whatever. Um, in any yeah. case, yeah, you know, villain from uh, Naomi's world who's super bantery and got his ass whooped by the Justice League before and retreated very wisely. It's like, oh, fuck. He's Brian Michael Bendis. Basically, yes. he puts himself <laughs> in his comics. It's just that usually he makes himself every character, but, but this, this time, time he he's really just condensing it to one. Which I'm okay for with. For now. I'm, I, it, no, that's great. <laughs> that's when he's at his best, right? Honestly, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna put all my snark into one character. <laughs> it's like, um, like uh, when this dude does his movies, um, Shimalaya, M Night Shyamalan, M Night Shyamalan. The name wasn't coming in my head, so I had to see the closest thing yeah. to help me, you know, bridge that gap. Uh, yeah, M Night, you know, he's always in his movie at some point. Is he? I didn't know. I, I yeah, I he's always a, a character in his funny. movie. But it's usually just real subtle. Yeah, he always ends. Well, he didn't make a cameo in the in the Avatar movie, unfortunately. Yes, but... he did. No, he didn't. He wasn't in the yes, Avatar he movie. Did. Who was he? No, he, he wasn't. He, was he wasn't. Fucking... No, I'm talking. He was in the. No, he wasn't. I'm dead ass. No, serious. no, he wasn't. He I wasn't in it. Everything. All right, we're gonna have to. Uh, somebody has to confirm it, but well, I'm pretty you, sure Brian, you're the that he was not in that computer. one. Uh, but let's get into Justice League. <laughs> Basically, they pull uh, they pull Naomi aside and is like, "Hey, somebody from your world is pulling up, so I need you to come to the Justice League and recap your story for the people who don't know who you are." Um, and she just does that. Uh, she meets the entire Justice League, kind of explains, you know, "Hey, I got superpowers. I come from a planet where my planet was taken over by people with superpowers. I got some of their powers and was sent here." Um, the bad guy that I fought in my own series called Zombato, uh, he killed a bunch of other powered people and took over his world. Uh, but, you know, and that's basically my story. Zombado. That was that nigga's name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Zombado. There we go. Zombado. I said Zabumafu or some shit like that the last time. <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to get his name. Yeah. That's a show. What well, was Zabumafu? <laughs> Yeah, that's a yeah, show. Yeah, that's right? the lemur show. Zabuma yes. uh, But yeah, Aquaman looks over. He's like, "Hey, do you recognize this guy?" And she's like, "No, I only been in my planet for like fifteen seconds, so I don't know who that is." Uh, 
And uh, the party gets kind of interrupted because Black Canary is like, wait a minute, are we just going to really ignore the fact that Black Adam's standing right over there? Uh, and Superman's like, relax, he's he's with me, he's cool, he's cool now. And they all pull uh, Superman aside and they're like, what is he doing here? He's a bad guy. And Superman's like, uh, no, he's getting better, you know, and we should actually have him in our league. Because if he's getting better, then we should keep him on the path to being better. Uh, And everybody eventually just kind of agrees because as Green Arrow says, it's not fair. You're Superman. Anyone who disagrees with you automatically looks vaguely evil or nuts. So. (laughs) And Superman's like, Superman puts puts his hand on his shoulder. It's basically like, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, they... They kind of just like, all right, let's do it. He's in. Um, but they notice Naomi's trying to get their attention, and it turns out it's because Brutus uh, is is back. And meanwhile, in Central City, uh, we we cut over to Hippolyta, who just, I guess, finished a battle with him. Uh, and everybody's like, Hippolyta, what are you doing here? And they explain that uh, Brutus pulled up on Themyscira eight minutes ago, and fought and beat up a lot of people before Hippolyta showed up uh, and beat his ass for a while, honestly. Like, she was putting up a fight. Uh, and Be- Brutus again is like, whew, this is a problem. <laughs> I'm not having a good time right now. I'm 0 for 2. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's like, he sees, he he's willing to continue fighting Hippolyta, but then he notices that, like, the Justice League are on their way, and he's like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going back home, and I'm coming back with my friends. Uh, so, pretty cool. But, you know, she's basically like, yeah, he's pretty formidable. Um, all that stuff. And that's when she notices that Black Adam's here, and I guess they got beef. Uh, is like, oh, hell no, fuck this guy. And she flies away. Uh, but Black Adam has no beef with her. He's like, I've always found her to be the most impressive warrior. They know each other for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, at some point they all decide it's like, hey, if Brutus is from your world, then we might have to go to your world. So, you know, can you guide us to where it is? And she's like, I have not. I've only been there for a short time. I don't really know how how to get there. Um, and it turns out Naomi's from like kind of a different dimension as the Flash reveals where as they arrive back at the hall of justice and he is reformatting his uh, cosmic treadmill so that a bunch of other leaguers can stand, uh, you know, right next to it, like a moped and just kind of like, right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. They all have their Wait, own Green little... arrow gets one and the... they're going to need them. They're going to oh, need yeah, them. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> at least black canary kind of has powers. Oh, right. Black canary has powers though. Yeah, she can yell really loud. Yeah, so sound powers, girlfriend. you know. Does she have superpowers? I guess. Who? Yeah. My girl? <laughs> yeah, Black Canary. Um, oh, I see, you missed, I see you missed the joke. It's no. okay, though. <laughs> no. Uh, I didn't <laughs> hear it. You'll catch it back on when you listen to it. All right. I just didn't hear it. But, um, yeah, Flash is going to use his uh, cosmic treadmill to basically take everybody to her planet um and 
yeah, he gets it going. <laughs> My favorite part is that Black Adam, like while this is all happening, he's like, unleash your power. And I'm like, all right, calm down, dude. Uh, and it kind of works as the issue ends where Naomi is uh, sitting in this uh, wasted city, just like destroyed, which might be her might be her planet because her planet was destroyed. Um, and that's where the issue ends. There's a backstory about Justice League Dark. I didn't read mm. it, <laughs> but... Yeah, neither did I, but um, I did notice this cool Merlin uh, situation. What Merlin? Oh, Merlin, yeah. <laughs> um, Isn't he supposed to be like the big bad? I don't know if he's a big bad. I don't know that much about DC's magical world, but... Nigga, what you know about Ragman? <laughs> he's, uh, he, he uses rags. He, he, I don't know. Yeah, he's thorough, bro. He's thorough. Wasn't he, he in, uh, by his wasn't, wasn't he in, uh, Arrow season five? I, d- I haven't watched Hell season yeah. five. There, there's that like I think episode. I think he's a character in that, right? Hold on, let me Probably. see it just to confirm. Um, I like this Ragman. If, if it was a good episode and, and it's a good TV show, Ragman was definitely in it at some point. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I kind of remember Ragman kind of sorta being in that show. Yeah, yeah, he was. He wasn't a he. He was on Team Arrow. He's on Team Arrow. Mm. Ragman. Oh, cool. <laughs> I remember um, as she was stupid as fuck when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this issue was all right. I'm I'm enjoying uh, this Justice League. It's very... Bendis is very subduing himself compared to his Legion of Superheroes, which was like, oh my God. <laughs> it yeah. Like, it was like banter the series, you know, like where it was 32 characters all being funny all at once. Yes, it was never serious. Yeah. It was always chill. Yeah. It's like what's the, what's the point of this book? <laughs> I don't. Like, get... What's happening here? Yeah, but I'm glad yeah. that he's toning it down for Justice League. Uh, the art's still awesome. David Marquez, very cool. Um, very interested to see where they go with Naomi because uh, she's a Bendis character, so it'd be cool to see her like kind of be explored more. Very into it. Um, you guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. All right, let's get into it. Um, it the next is the X books. Uh, we have three this week, so let's get through it. Um, this is Sword number five. We're starting with uh, Swixard. Wait, what? If you say it with an X in the middle instead of an O, no. it's like Swixard. Squared. 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 Oh my God, we sound. <laughs> oh man uh, I'm gonna have to skip this part <laughs> uh, we start off in um, in sword with uh, planet J4453 uh, which is oh yeah yeah I remember that yeah one. you know uh, very mm-hmm. very popular very yeah I, good old J45 <laughs> yeah, yeah. from that Cree storyline you know with that Captain Marvel mm-hmm. storyline where she went and saved the world yeah, to man. planet J five four three. I thought it was Guardians of the Galaxy, but what else? Same shit. Uh, I mean, you know, they go there too. It's a very frequented place. Um, we cu- we start off with Prince Wessel, who is part of this race of aliens that fight each other and try to kill each other in order to find out who's going to be their new king. It's called a Snark War. 
<laughs> which um and he's going up to uh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did I just hear Snork War? Snark War. Yes, snark War. Have some respect. It's a it's a glorified tradition of these people. A glorified tradition. Yeah, of the, the Zernks. Snark War. The Snurkst. Snurks. Oh my fucking god. It's apparently it's essentially a, 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 a succession battle between uh half siblings. They're aliens. They have their own language, Brian. God. Yeah, this is Snark. Broski. Okay, so Prince Wessel shows up, who's one of the participants of the Snark War, and he's talking to the Kree intelligence uh, thing, and he's like, yo, help us out! Help me! Help me! And the Kree intelligence is like, I'm sorry, we can't do it. I'm sorry. I, You know, we're supposed to be peaceful now. And... Uh, yeah, he's he's doing the most right now, but then uh all of a sudden from behind him, uh an unknown assassin who has been knocking these guys off one by one, uh pulls up behind him and uh cuts him with this knife, killing Prince Wessel. Uh so ah, man, new soundboard. It's hard to find it. Uh <laughs> one of these Prince Wessel. Uh so yeah, after that we cut over back to Krakoa where um, uh, Fabian Cortez is just breaking out of his egg, where he has been resurrected after he was killed in the last issue of S.W.O.R.D. Uh, and she's basically like, all right, no time to get... Uh, Hope Summers is there. I think this is Hope. Um, mm-hmm. She pulls up and yeah, is it's like... It's not Gene. Yeah, it's not Gene. She pulls up and is like, hey, the council's expecting you. And he's like, can I change? And she's like, no. Uh, <laughs> so Cortez goes over to the council... Uh, buck naked and he <laughs> yeah that's so unnecessary and uh it's Can't not just your man's a towel or a sheet nothing he's still covered in yolk it's real gross um abigail brand also pulls up and peeper as well um <laughs> so they all sit around and they're like all right fabian cortez tell us what you wanted to talk about because fabian cortez wanted to call a a meeting about the second mutant rule. There's certain rules in Krakoa that are like hard laws. You can't break these shits um, lest you find yourself banished into the core of Krakoa like uh, Sabretooth was long ago. Um, and at that point, we cut over to Zach Soso. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep saying these fucking places? <laughs> <laughs> Nork, fucking Zach Soso. What am I listening to? I think that's how you pronounce it. Zazozo. Za, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I look at the word. <laughs> Yo, these three X's and that shit. Like, Yo, all, these, all these planets are named after One Piece oh, laughs. I'm sure we're gonna find like a giant or somebody goes <laughs> Zah, so, 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 so. Yes. <laughs> uh but we cut over to more of the Zernkt children. This this is a hard issue to get through, honestly. Uh <laughs> they're kind of talking about what's been going on. Uh they notice that their brothers and sisters have been getting knocked off one after the other by an unknown assassin. 
Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the competition is technically getting knocked off, right? I mean, one of the one but of them. They're con- still like, damn, this is kind of wild, though. Uh, <laughs> well, one of them's concerned about it. The other one's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> they know what they were signing up for. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he plays this game with this girl uh, Liga. I think who we've mentioned because she's the one who's supposed to be winning the snark war currently. Uh, mm. And this her brother is just out here being shysty as all fuck, you know, talking about like, yo, there's an assassin out there. He's like knocking people off, and she's like, I think we should uh, we should do away with the snark war. This is stupid. Why should we like wage full ass wars with each other? When we could just settle it one on one, and um, this alien, this other her brother, I guess, alien guy, turns his bracelet into a gun, and he's like, "Ho ho, I got you, bitch!" Uh, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, I guess that was that was her fault." <laughs> you know, it's like, why would you invite you turning her back on her sibling, huh? Yeah, I mean, for real, uh, why'd you invite turning the other way and not looking at him for three seconds? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't invite anybody who has a vested interest in murdering me. Onto my ship just to yeah, hang I out. thought it was weird. I was like, why aren't they fighting each other? But I think it was said last time that they had an alliance. Oh, did they? When your boy was, you know, warping through the universe yeah, and doing Edith. cool things. You, yeah, yeah you, you remember that. That was a couple of ago. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back on Krakoa, uh, Fabian Cortez basically brings up uh, the issue of the second mutant rule, which is kill no man. They're not allowed to kill humans. Uh, Nigga called us flat scans. What? <laughs> yeah, he cut his. He weird, a dick. His weird. Is. Fuck out of here, nigga. His weird slur for humans is uh, flat scans, which is, which is, I guess is. <laughs> fuck is that? Because you don't have an X gene. It's just. I wonder. No, maybe because like you, you know the you, the you brain cross mother. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna invent a slur. But basically, he's like, why can't we murder them? And that's basically his whole problem. It's like. It, it was dressed up in a lot of fancy jargon and, and, and a lot and, and, and back and forth. With, I mean, it was honestly kind of thought provoking. I also want to mention that, you know, during this. Con- I don't know if you really want to break down the convo, Chris, but I, I do want to mention that while he's trying to make his point about why, the, you know, murdering humans shouldn't be such uh should you know i guess you shouldn't like it shouldn't just be automatic um exile or i guess should be just at least reviewed or reduced in Mm -hmm. sentence if if nothing else you know what i'm saying that it's just that it's kind of wild to consider that and while he's all right so while he's making this case you know we see that these these snark people whatever the fuck they're called Chilling on panel, panic, Zazozo. They're all dying, bro. They, they, like, there's mutants killing like these these people. You know what I'm saying? So you got to keep that in mind. Like these 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 aliens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like that's the that's the whole crux of his argument. Is like it, it's it's best worded in one panel where he's like, "Why is the highest mutant crime a crime against humans?" Like, why is that the biggest one that applies to us? Um, I'm not saying we should go around killing people, but except for me, I should have amnesty whenever I do it. He basically says, but I don't know why we face such hardened consequences when it's not even a crime against us and it doesn't really hurt us. 
Um, and yeah, like as Josh mentioned, we cut back to planet Zazozo and <laughs> the traitorous brother finds a fucking knife straight through his head. And uh, Liga looks over and is like, Condor? And um, this uh, Amelia Vought shows up and she's like, nope, not Condor. My name's Amelia Vought. Uh, I'm just transport. Uh, I didn't save your life. Uh, we're actually here to kill you too. As uh, another hand pulls the knife out of the traitorous brother's hands and slits the throat of Liga. And also for the brother. <laughs> Um, we then cut back over to Cortez and uh, basically in, in so many words they basically laugh him out of the room as like we we don't kill people and that's just how it is I mean Magneto, bro- Magneto broke it down pretty, pretty, pretty well in my opinion where it was just like dog like at the end of the day we're trying to create something here <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like we it's not a matter of just cold, simple logic. We're trying to be better and we can't, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and their part of their vision for being better is saying that like, no, like, you know, we're, we're not going to lessen, we're not going to lessen our values because they won't hold themselves to a certain value. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's as simple as that. And it's, and I, it's, it's, it's an obviously made rule because, you know, you've got hundreds of, you got so many mutants with all of these fascinating abilities and powers, some, you know, super deadly, they can kill humans very easily. And Cortez even makes the point himself that, you know, uh, another big reason for that, for it being such a heinous crime is because they're not resurrecting humans. Mm-hmm. Now, that's I believe that's a completely different topic you know, on the on the point of uh, 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 if it's ethical or not, whatever. But um, nah, man, like, like you're wilding, bro. Like you can. You're just mad. Yeah. I mean, people. Pe- it was funny because people like brought it out of him. He was like, "Yeah, I, I figured that. You feel away, bro. You, you 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 was mad the way you was raised and what you went through, and you're just like, fuck them. Why should we treat them? Th- that, that's all your argument reduces down to. Now, I think that there is a different argument. Side note, and I, and and, it, and that's why I brought up the aliens getting smoked. You know, I guess I'll right. address that um, when we when we finish. Exactly. Um, um, and they they address but, it. Yeah, in, you in volume yeah. as well. Um, as we cut over to as they're laughing, as they're basically um, disavowing Cortez. Uh, that's when he's like, "Well, whatever. You guys gotta listen to me because I'm important to the future. Without me, you can't get any of your Mysterium. And don't think I don't know what that's for." You know, without me, you can't get that shit. So, you know, you will do what I say, basically. And that's when uh, the uh, Amelia and the assassin uh, pulls up. They teleport in. Uh, and uh, this person's name is Cora, the bar- the burning heart. Uh, and she is a mutant of Krakoa. Uh, or not Krakoa, Arako, sorry. Uh, and she's basically there to replace Fabian um, as she seems to have... Uh, the same abilities, right? I guess, which is to be able to amplify other mutants. That's his specific. He could power up other mutants. Yeah, we get an informational page on her, but the ones that are very much uh, kind of about her are scattered in a weird way, and I feel like that's intentional. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they basically she, it was her mission to go out and destroy and uh, stop the, the snark war as it was happening by killing all of the uh, people who are participating in it, all the princes and princesses that were participating in it. And um, yeah, uh, after that, after they announced that she's basically replacing Fabian, uh, they uh, they tell Abigail Brand that hey. Uh, Kuga of the Boa clan is now the new Zernx Empress uh, because I guess they weren't necessarily they were stopping the Snark War by killing every one of them but one and uh, now they have somebody of that people of that alien race that owes a favor to Krakoa Uh, so yeah now they have like an alliance necessarily with a very powerful space ally to a degree and they've yeah, stopped. They are monopolizing space, bro. Abigail Brand is wilding. She literally manipulated an entire galactic. Yeah, this, this is real Nick Fury moves. <laughs> she's doing. Like, yeah, she's Nick Fury. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman said, "Move over, <laughs> get out of here, Nick Fury." <laughs> um, My girl got green hair. Yeah, because you're talking about the Knicks won eight games in a row. Hell yeah. Uh, okay so everybody just kind of adjourns the meeting and walks off um, and Fabian stands naked and scorned Um, meanwhile on the sword station uh, Magneto brings up the point that you did earlier where he's like hey I know we have this rule of kill no man but why is it weird that we're out here killing aliens and she's like is it murder or is it uh, murder in defense of a nation I mean, what we're doing, we basically stopped a war, you know, by picking a mm-hmm. winner. And now that winner can help us out in any capacity. So it's kind of like not a, it's a win-win situation really is that we all, we stopped a war and we have somebody on our side. We have allies that are not on this earth. Uh, mm. So yeah, Magneto is like, all right. I mean, I'm not all the way opposed, but be careful because you are doing a lot. <laughs> and Abigail Brand is like, I don't care. Basically, it's like, I'm. Uh, it is. It's a fairly blunt way of influencing galactic society. But fortunately for us, we now have something better. As we reveal a huge stockpile of the Mysterium. Oh yeah, it's all Mysterium. Yeah, they've just been gathering Whoa. this shit. Um. I don't know what they're gathering all this shit. Oh, the 64 ounces is here. <laughs> oh, I thought you seen something that I didn't. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I just good. got distracted by Brian. <laughs> with that massive bottle. <laughs> Listen, dude, I take my hydration very seriously. Okay? I know. I know. But yeah, there's a lot of Mysterium. <laughs> uh, I guess this is uh, to power their soul weapon. Uh if you don't know, there's a different version of a soul weapon in every one of Hickman's books, it seems. Uh, soul weapon? Yeah, you know, like that harnesses the sun. <laughs> Chill, Josh, we're getting there. It's next. <laughs> but yeah, that was Sword. Good issue. Um, sword is getting more and more intriguing, I would say. Every time I read it, and this is like the first issue not tied to The King in Black, uh, and now it's coming into its own. Very interested to see where it goes. Uh this is poised to be kind of the book that has the most influence on the Marvel Universe as a whole, I think. Uh, but 
yeah, that's all I got to say about it. You got any words before we go? No. So, I'll, I think there was a point I was going to make at the end about them. I don't know. I didn't. I thought about it. I thought about what Abigail said mm-hmm. about, like, you know, them killing in defense of a nation or whatever. And look, at the end of the day, you can still have values to say that, you know, we're not going to just murder while also saying, like, look, we need to strategically do what we need to do because this these this group of beings, of, of living beings, have no regard for our life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I think they was very aggressive, being manipulative, but at the same time, if it matters, creating if, if it's creating peace, I don't know. I would say it's interesting because Abigail... That's a, that's a big can of worms. I mean, they're a warlike society, so that means you're asking for it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm saying that, like, Abigail, actually, it's revealed that she has kind of a personal stake in it. Uh, I don't know much about Abigail, yeah. but she mentioned that her dad was killed in a snark war. So, yeah, because of the snark war. Yeah. So, you know, it might not be all business. They're moving fast, yo. They're moving fast. Yeah, bro. swords are Manipulating empires, collecting that mysterium. <laughs> yeah, for shit's, sure. Shit's accelerating, bro. This is. Am I reading my hero academia? <laughs> we'll get to that. But first, we got to move on to Way of X number one. Uh, I I take it this is your VGI, Josh. Seeing as yes. how excited you were for it. Way certified VGI of X. Way of X. Um, yeah. This Way is... of X. <laughs> okay. You Can I get one of those? A Way of X. No, so... it's just you do the waves during the way. All right. One, two, three. Way. Way of X. Of X. Happy. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for joining in. You're right, bro. <laughs> He's just insecure because he still hasn't held his end of the bargain with the Xbox. It's okay, though. <laughs> He'll get I'm going to put you on blast because I'm caught all the way up to solo leveling, bro. <laughs> and I can't even talk about it because <laughs> you don't care about X-Men, bro. <laughs> well, it's let's... okay, though. This book, Nightcrawler, is about to show you the way. It is pretty good. You'll see. Um, we start off with Xavier waking up from a nightmare and Xavier doesn't have those anymore. <laughs> He's all he hears, all he sees is this weird, like scary looking dude in a mask going betrayer. And, uh, at that moment, that's when he calls Nightcrawler. Um, but, uh, Nightcrawler's busy at the moment. Uh, him and a couple of young X-Men are going out to, uh, to the Venice insertion, which is this mission that are going on. Um, and, uh, you know, they talk for a minute, you know, so Xavier could have a little bit of uh, a friend to talk about, kind of sort of, because he's just been having these nightmares. Uh, and eventually they kind of hang up the phone. We see these young X-Men kind of talking about the resurrection process and how Pixie has not died yet. So she, they're all just like, uh, it's whatever. You you just haven't had your first time yet, you know, but you'll you'll get it soon. And Pixie's like, I don't want to die. And it's like it's fine it's no big deal jeez we beat death we resurrect now we can't die really um and uh they mentioned someone called the patchwork man in their in their discussion uh and nightcrawler's like who's who's the patchwork man um but you know it's cut short because they're they're working on their mission and it turns out this uh church that they're infiltrating is actually an orcus uh, organization thing where 
after after studies and geopolitical trends, they've decided to branch out and not just like you know scientific stuff, uh, but also you know research and development operations based. There's a culture and narrative uh, section, which is what I guess they're taking down now, and an unknown sixth thing, uh, completely blacked out. We don't know what that means. Yeah. Um. But in any way, uh, they fight these Orcus goons. Um, and Pixie takes out most of them using her powers, and um, one of them pulls up with a shotgun and is like, "You know what? You know what might change their mind, and and get them to act straight." Uh, and she approaches one dude's shotgun, like who who has a shotgun drawn, and he blows her fucking head off. Uh, I guess like her tactic was like, "I'm gonna let this guy blow my fucking head off and possibly traumatize him." into never being a hateful bastard again. Uh, and Nightcrawler's like, no! Kicks the shit out of this guy, goes, swine! Uh, and What does that mean? Like a pig? I would think so. I don't know what swine means, but I, I imagine it's not a nice thing to say. Uh, but, yeah, she's, he's really bummed out. He's like, oh, fuck, she's dead. And everybody's like, relax, Nightcrawler. <laughs> she's gonna be fine and besides yeah, her, she's come back. her plan worked you know she's everybody's just like fucking bummed out now and they probably will never preach against anyone now uh and as they all teleport back home um they nightcrawler kind of just is sulking for a minute but then he notices a big old statue uh and the next day on krakoa uh Nightcrawler summons Magneto and gives him this little prank where they take one of the statues that uh, that these guys put up in order to commemorate the evil things that all mutants have done, apparently, under their name. They pull out this um, old statue of Magneto from the time he launched a bunch of fucking missiles in the first issue of X-Men. Look at this helmet. Yeah. So extra. <laughs> and uh, Magneto's not happy. He's like, ah, a jape. How quaint. What's a jape? I guess a joke. <laughs> oh, all right. And he, I, he takes it kind of seriously, where he's like, "Well, whatever, man. You know what? And if anything, this thing is actually very important because it taught, it teaches us how far we've come. We used to be down each other's throats, and now we are united, fighting a common enemy." And Meg, and Nightcrawl is just like in the background, like, "All right, chill. I didn't mean anything like that." And he takes yeah, like, he takes the moment to just kind of like indoctrinate these kids, basically. And um, Nightcrawler confronts him about it afterwards, and uh, it turns out that you know, as they're arguing, they come across the subject of the Crucible, which is something that Nightcrawler has a fucking problem with. Which we discussed, oh, yeah, yeah, we've discussed this on a couple of times of the pod, but the Crucible is basically a ritual in which mutants that were that lost their powers during the decimation and were taken by scarlet witch uh get a chance to fight for the right to become mutant again uh die in combat as a rite of passage and be resurrected with their powers intact uh nightcrawler's not cool with it (laughs) because basically his whole deal is that like we're taking this resurrection shit for granted uh yeah we're seeing all these kids just like use their deaths as weapons to a degree and we're not really valuing life. Uh, even though like 
and this is the big crux of this issue in Nightwing's stru- Nightcrawler's struggle is that he's like, I, I know that we can cheat death and there's nothing really that there is cause to not be so careful or, or not value life because we for real can just always come back. But yeah, he, he just has like this internal conflict where he can't seem to accept it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we cut over to later in the night. Nightcrawler is just chilling on a fucking uh, tree branch as he's listening to Exodus. Uh, I guess every time there's a Crucible, Exodus gathers these kids and tells the story of how uh, the Crucible fucking rules. Because he's done this before. Uh, Definitely indoctrination. Yeah. You know, and he mentions... Uh, ta- he, he mentions... Uh, oh, one of the kids mentions the patchwork man to him and when he's like, do you know who the great pretender is? And they're like, is it the patchwork man? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> it's the Scarlet Witch. She cast a foul spell to depower our kind. Um, and he asks, like, who's this patchwork man? Uh, at that point, Nightcrawler notices somebody skulking in the woods, and it turns out to be Dr. Nemesis, uh, who is kind of like the head of the science corps in, uh, in Crackle. Kind of like the only person in the science corps <laughs> yeah. based on this information page. oh yeah he's he's part of everything uh he's the director of physical life sciences sentient sent, sentient irrationality and formal exact sciences uh and i didn't know this and i don't know if they mentioned this before but he's also the guy who makes the krakoan drugs that they sell uh mm. you know to other nations and they use that's word to the mushrooms on his head yeah <laughs> yeah he's got mushrooms on his head Cause science apparently. He just takes them off and he's like, Yeah, you want one of these, bro? Yo, this psychopath. Get you high. <laughs> get you real high. It'll <laughs> get you caught. <laughs> yeah, Professor Professor Mushroom Head is like, Oh yeah. Let's get buzzed. Let's do it. Why do you think I grew these off my fucking dome top? Anyway. Yeah. They go to the crucible where Magneto's in the middle of killing this lady. Uh <laughs> Who ma- this is horrible to watch. It is rough, and the art makes it like especially, like kind of uh, uh, brutal. As Magneto's yeah. just throwing shrapnel at her, and just be like, "Get up, child! Tell me your name." And this girl keeps saying it. She's like, "I'm lost. I d- I'm lost." And that's, I guess, her mutant name. But um, yeah. I mean, part of the Crucible is that you know it's about proving yourself to be like a mutant ride or die essentially and you know you gotta fight and you gotta die honorably in order to get your powers back or to be seen worthy of getting your powers back and as like Magneto is just like prolonging it Nightcrawler just can't take it anymore and just full on tackles Magneto and he's like fucking stop she's not a fighter all you're doing is hurting her and um, the the mutant makes it known that her name is lost. You know, she's like, you know, standing up and, and, and dying honorably, you know, it's meant to be seen as like, she's, she's going to take the leap. And, uh, Magneto's like, yes, I see. I see you sister lost today. You're a lesser today. You do not belong, but Oh, you are a fighter. And then he turns his shrapnel into a sword and kills lost. Uh, and he mentions to Nightcrawler nothing hurts more than a life of submission. Um, 
you know, as he walks away from the battlefield. Um, and Nightcrawler is kind of bummed out by the cheers of everybody as they watch someone die, essentially. Uh, the next morning, Lost is resurrected with her powers back, and she is a long lady. She is just, like, floating. She is a long lady. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, she, She's, like, floating. Like, oh. Um, her powers are gravitational neutrality, um, which means that, like, I guess the reason that she was so hunched over and kind of folded in on herself is because without her powers, her body functions in a really shitty way. But in any case, she's back and she's got her powers back and she's way better than she was before. Um, and she makes everyone throw up because her gravitational pull just kind of like disturbs inner ear balance and makes everybody dizzy and everybody in the place except for Nightcrawler starts throwing up. Even Xavier as she runs away and yeah, right. and Kurt's like, don't go. And <laughs> he's holding it back vomit just like, leave her alone, Kurt. She wants to be alone. Um, but yeah, uh, Pixie is also resurrected, and you know, he's just Nightcrawler's like, I can't put my finger on it. He expresses to Xavier, is like, I can't put my finger on it, but something's wrong here with this resurrection shit. Mm. Um, and you know, they have like kind of a discussion of it, and um, Xavier's like, Well, I'm not gonna say that you're wrong, uh, I think. I think there might be something to what you're saying. Um, I heard you're trying to start a mutant religion and that's kind of what Kurt has been slowly doing, but he hasn't found a way how. Um, yeah, there, there was an informational page where he kind of came to the conclusion that he wasn't, he definitely wasn't going to introduce any kind of formal religion to Krakoa. Seeing as most of these people are psychopaths and or atheists. Yeah. <laughs> <Psychopaths> <laughs> <or> <laughs> you know, so that that probably wasn't going to work out, and he had to kind of he he did essentially give up on the idea, but that feeling he had that that uneasiness still still with him, which is what's you know he's kind of going through right now. Yeah, yeah, I think like he sees it as like you know we need some not necessarily a religion, but some sort of philosophical uh, backbone foundation. Uh, in a way, because we're just kind of like devaluing ourselves on our, or our lives by because we can beat death. We we don't really hold value to things that are important anymore. And we need some kind of like a philosophical backbone so we don't become just kind of like these valueless creatures, it seems. Uh, that's what I feel like I'm getting out of it. He uses the word cheap death, and I felt like that was really effective. Because mm -hmm. it it just means that like you like you're 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 not valuing yourself, mm -hmm. you know. Yes, you can be resurrected, but your life is still precious, and you never know. You never know what happened. Yeah, I'm still like I would I would be like oh sick I got resurrected nice, but it's not like like bro anything could happen, bro. We live like they live in Earth six one six. Shit pops off all the time. All the they time. almost lost it all because of a fucking symbiote invasion. Yeah. Yeah, Noel was one of the realest niggas ever, son. For real, and he just pulled up out of nowhere because Brock got that nigga upset. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I'm not trusting nothing. Come on, man. Kurt yeah. needs to make them realize that. Yeah, and that's basically 
Charles is like, I mean, I want you to try doing that. <laughs> I want you to kind of like build these principles for us. And um, then they go on to the subject of what's known as the patchwork man. And Xavier's like, yeah, he's been visiting me in my dreams. And I think I have a feeling I know who it is. So, you know, I want to send you out after this person. Uh, and if I'm not, and uh, Nightcrawler is like, why me specifically? Why not uh, Scott or Gene or anyone? And he's like, well, because Kurt, you're a good guy. <laughs> uh, you really understand people on a level that a lot of people here don't. Uh, and even Nightcrawler is visited by the Patchwork Man, as uh, Xavier is explaining this. Um, patchwork, 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 Patchwork. patchwork. <laughs> Um, we then, uh, pull up on the cemetery. I don't know how or why he's here, um, necessarily, but Nightcrawler pulls up to the cemetery and he goes up to, uh, Blindfold's grave and, uh, there's a voice that comes out of nowhere is like, a tragedy, eh? Um, and he starts, like, talking to Kurt about, uh, you know, I, I guess that's why dad sent you. Dad was never one for empathizing. Not when he had you sp- lick spittles, do it for him. Um, <laughs> he said, He's salty. He said, "I'm sorry, Kurt. You don't deserve to get caught up in this one. In this, but you know, you are one of the kindly ones. But you are too late. And it turns out that the Patchwork Man is Legion. So I wanted to give the reader, uh, our listeners. And Josh, <laughs> uh, just a quick, a quick, uh, quick rundown of your boy Legion. What's his deal, bro? Uh, I'm gonna throw it to Brian because I actually don't know that much about Legion. Uh, I only, I only really know Legion from the Legion show that I watched that was on HBO, and it was kind of cool. It essentially Legion is a uh, Professor Xavier's son, and he's like, essentially, he's a fucking um, Omega level mutant. He's just that fucking strong. Like, he can uh, alter reality. Um, but the thing is, that, yeah, he can, like, alter reality. He's that good. He's uh, he's so... He's a very powerful um, telepath on top of that. He's just really fucking strong. And, uh, but the thing about him is that he's kind of... Not all there mentally. Like, um... Or at least that's how it was in the show where he was like infested by the Night King or whatever his name is. Like, um, it like the Night King was kind of like a parasite in his head, causing him to have like multiple personalities, which is why he's called Legion. Um, because oh, because he has many different people in it, he has many different identities. Um, so he's many different people inside of one person. Um, so yeah, that's all I really know about him from based off of that. He was pretty fucking strong from everything I've is seen he him do. Reality warper. Well, here yeah, he's are... really fucking strong. Wow. Here's the list he of powers fly. I found. Uh, he's an omega level mutant tele- telepath, telekinesis, pyrokinesis, which means he he can summon fire. Yeah, fire. Uh, chronokinesis, which is control of time, shape shifting, teleportation, superhuman strength, sonic blasts, flight. Uh, prehensile. Oh, oh, flight two. Prehensile tongue. <laughs> X-ray vision. Superhuman speed. Interdimensional travel. Interstellar. Interstellar travel. Emotional manipulate manipulation. Pain transference. Healing factor. Omniscience. 
and psychic omniscience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, he's yeah, like I said. <laughs> so he is God, essentially. He's very yeah. powerful. He's really strong. And the he's show that Kurt's been praying to. Yeah, and the show, the the HBO show, did not hold back on these abilities at all. He's just as powerful in the show as it is in uh in uh in the comics. I, 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 I would imagine he has all these abilities because he's a reality warper and he can just probably give himself whatever he wants or something. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess we're gonna learn about assume it. that, <clears throat> but he has like a limit outside of himself. Hey. I mean, okay. I'll, I'll say Whatever. this: they don't. Pull, we're gonna we're gonna find out about this guy. They don't pull his card that often. Uh, I don't think he shows up that much. They only really show him up when they're like, "Okay, it's time to really pull out Legion as a thing." Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know much about Legion. I'm excited to learn about him. Uh, if you guys wanted to comment and tell us who Legion is, do f- go for it. I'd love to read uh, a little uh, summary, so to speak, but. Uh, Good issue. I really liked Way of X a lot. I think it's interesting. Every uh, book of X-Men seems to focus on a particular facet of society to a degree. Uh, And this one's about religion, which is interesting. And who better to do it than Nightcrawler? Um, Honestly, one of my favorite mutants. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And it looks like it's not going to just be about Kurt's uh, uh, Catholicism. It's going to be about what is religion how did people come to this mm-hmm. well how was it given to them oh whatever <laughs> i'm not gonna go there but yeah. um yeah it's it's gonna be super interesting very i don't know i didn't know what to think when they, when i heard they was releasing a book called way of x and it was gonna be about kurt finding his religion like at first i was I had no idea what to expect i wasn't thinking about anything bad but i also wasn't like oh this is gonna be good I did have a, a sense of hype to it. The same sense of hype when I looked at the title for um, Children of the Atom, where I felt like, I don't know, like this one seems like, like it's big. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. It's uh-huh. interesting as hell, though. And, you know, it's an X-Book, so we're going to follow it. Very much agreed. We follow all of them. <laughs> um, we do it so you don't have to. <laughs> I, I expect <laughs> appreciation. Um we 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 sacrifice ourselves for your sins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but moving on, Way I guess we should get on um, with our last X book. It is X Force. Um, kind of basic. Uh, last we left off, Quentin Quire has been, uh, and a bunch of X Men are actually getting attacked by uh, a a Zeno uh, construction of of uh, Quentin Quire with. All of his powers attached. I guess like Zeno's using their own biology against them. Uh, and this one is Quentin's little demon monster thing. Uh, Quentin passed out and ended up in uh, the Zeno laboratory where he's fighting against his weird, scary zombie version of himself. Um, and he's currently just trying to survive this thing um, as... Um, Jean Grey finally shows up and saves him, pulls him out of it. Um, and he ends up on Krakoa, wakes up there. His his mind is back to normal, and the scratch he he endures a scratch from this uh, Quentin Choir person, and it's still on his back. Like what happened in his mind, kind of stays there. Yeah. Oh, the scratch. Yikes. Yeah. 
So, you know, Quentin actually wastes no time. He's like, you know what? We're going to fucking take care of this now because I know where they are. Um, and he takes uh, Jean Grey over to the point uh, and uh, they basically kind of track down where their warehouse is and it looks like it's in Greenland, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so they decide to go there, I guess, like mentally try to, uh, they, they take Quentin and uh, Esme, I think her name is Esme, uh, one of the cuckoos over to this uh, dreamscape place yeah. to try and draw out the monster while Jean Grey and Domino go over to the facility itself and try to take down the host. Um, pretty simple enough. Uh, Quentin sees it as a race. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're probably going to see who, if you can kill the host or I can kill the, de- the monster first. Either way, uh, they enter this dreamscape and you know, the fight continues. Uh, Esme actually gets taken out of uh, the battle a little early because the possessed Black Tom pulls up to the point and uh, awakens Esme. So they're a little distracted there. Um, leaving Quentin to take on this monster version of him alone. Um, Quentin has already had the sufficient character development to fight against it. And he yeah. ends up killing... Uh, the Quentin Quire monster thing uh, before Jean Grey can Put even into his motherfucking head. Yeah. <laughs> and they caught it too. Yeah. Ew, look at it. Oh, that's his fucking corpse. Yeah. That yeah. they took. It's really just sitting there. Yeah. It's alive still, technically. Well, it's dead He's now. It, right? Now that Quentin Quire shot it in the face. <laughs> but yeah, now they'll have to be a little more proactive in order to stop Zeno from using their own biology against them. But that's where the issue ends. Um, I'm happy about it. A little bit of a character development for Quentin Quire. Um, uh, he's one of he's he's a favorite of mine as well. So I'm glad to see him yeah. move on a little forward in the world. I don't really have much to say about it though. Um, this is an okay arc. Uh, I appreciated it, but it wasn't like something wild for me to write home about. It was perfectly fine. Um, Are they carrying a casket in the next issue? I can't really tell. There's not, like, enough in the... I don't think it's a casket. Where do you see a casket? I don't think that's a casket. I think it's an... Oh, no! I think this is the gala. Oh, yeah! I think the gala's coming soon. the gala's coming, man. Yeah. But excited for that. Anyway, that's all I got to say about X Men. Uh, you got you ready to roll, boys? Yes. It's time to randomize. Bloody hmm. Boruto. Next generation. Boruto Naruto. Next generations. Uh, this is number fifty-seven. Ada. Uh, last we left off, Code and his uh, Belts of Doom. Oh, this one. <laughs> yeah, it's very timely. Oh, yeah. I guess, considering. All right. All right. You know what? I'm going to grab me some water, but you go ahead, Chris. Come on, Coco. You need to get up. <laughs> okay. So, basically, okay. last we left off with Boruto. Bor- uh, Code has uh, went back to the secret hideout that Boro has been keeping and has... Uh, 
is aiming to free this this girl named Ada, who is said to have known all. Um, this guy, I think his name is Bug, basically is like, don't free her because you know you don't know her powers. You can't. She can. Her powers are stronger. You can't use brute force to make her obey you. And Ko's like, man, fuck that. And he cuts. He said, I'll just kill her. She don't listen to me. What? What? Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm dumb, nigga. Yeah. He blasts the door open, and that allows Ada to uh, walk out. Legs. <laughs> the high heels, because that's practical. High heel plus legs. Yeah. That's his. That that's why this artist got chosen. It was like, yeah, you're gonna make it in this industry because his legs. Legs. And I don't agree, but apparently enough people did. I shown it, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Ada's out, and we cut over to a Skype call, a Zoom call. Sorry, it's current days. Who uses Skype anymore? A Zoom call between the Gokage. I guess they don't even meet up anymore. They just kind of chill in the. <laughs> Yo, right? They jipped us. Thing is, literally had just a fucking. A, a conference call instead of an actual. <laughs> they had this podcast. Gokage summit, bro. Yo, they jerked us. <laughs> he said we're gonna have to have a Gokage summit, nigga. We was like, yo, yeah, L, L. All to be fair, uh, no. If- no, 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 wait, wait, no. listen to what I'm going to say. Listen to what I'm no, going to say. Jesus Christ. I was going to say, I was going to say, if they had Zoom calls back in the day, Sasuke attacking the uh, the Hokage Summit doesn't happen, so. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> it's right. Good what happens is he goes to assassinate them one by one so they can't support each other. Nah. But look, you, you, you're right. They didn't have the technology back then, but it would have been nice. Hey, maybe um, they're in quarantine as well. They're just like we're not meeting in person. Um, maybe they, maybe, <laughs> maybe they will eventually meet up, and then this dude will come there. Yeah, I mean, they're basically talking what's about his code. Name? Belt Leatherman, leather, leather. What's his Belt name? Leatherman. Code. Code. Yeah, I mean, in any case, that's all they. They really only talk about code. A lot of kind of uh, information we already know, uh, for the most part. Uh, they talk about how they have a motto, and you know they trust Amato, kind of sorta. They don't one hundred percent trust him, but he seems to have come through with everything so far. So why not? Uh, and it ends with Gara being like, "All right, so you know, the Kara holdout is a problem too, but frankly, this is the biggest problem. If Momoshiki or Boruto himself were to become any Shiki level threat, I'm sorry to be harsh, but would you be able to take down your own son?" And Naruto's like. I'll do what I gotta do. Um, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> um, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, we cut back over to Amato, who's, like, rustling through some lockers. Uh, and he, he kind of has, like, a little bit of a heart-to-heart with Amato, where Naruto's like, man, I can't, I just can't believe it, that my son will become a, 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 a completely different person, and an Otsuzuki, no less. Uh, Amato's like, hey man, I get it. I used to have a daughter. I wonder <laughs> who that is. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, not think about that. Um, and she, and he says she died though. It's been twelve years already, so you know. And uh, Naruto's like, damn, sorry, bruh. 
And then he pulls out a little vial with these tiny pills. And he's like, hey, so uh, this is a drug I crafted with the aim of weakening the Byakugan's power. Uh, Totes not sketch. Not sketch at all. I promise, bro. The whole thing, you know, the mo- <laughs> the Otsuzuki gained powers from the uh, the Byakugan. So, you know, this this might have an effect. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it, though. I wouldn't just, like, go for it first try because there's side effects, you know. Decreased vision would be bad enough, but he could die if he takes these. And, um, yeah, basically, he's like, I mean, it's not, it's a Band-Aid more than a solution, you know. So, I'll say that. It's it's uh, it's supposed to stop the the uh, progression of Osusukification temporarily. And... Naruto's like, all right, thanks. And he walks off. Now, meanwhile, back with code. Uh, Ada gets out of her pod and is, uh, <laughs> she just saunters out. And code is like, hey, I'm code. As she just like immediately ignores him and walks past him, uh, code uses his weird belt jutsu to like make one of his, uh, weird claws uh, uh, come out of her chest and he's like stop right there I'll dispose of you if you don't fucking concern yourself with me and uh, when, do, when does the belt appear I think the belt just crawls on people um, yeah but I'm not gonna harp on it again yeah neither am I done that. it's fair um yeah and she basically likes, all right, go for it. Try. Oh, geez. <laughs> Brian just uh, phased out. Sorry, his computer crashed. Um, But in any case, yeah, basically, Code can't do anything about it. Uh, He's pretty much just stuck in place. Uh, Bug is like, what? And yeah, it, it has something to do with her powers, as we later learn. Um. Welcome back, Brian. Uh, in any case, she has the ability to kind of infatuate people uh, and steal her heart, steal people's hearts. So, you know, immediately she makes him go on her side, I guess, is what her powers are. You can't hurt her because she just makes you fall in love with her. Um, so, yeah, Code is, I guess, in love with her artificially. <laughs> and uh, you know, nigga says, "Hey, Bob, you think she's interested in me?" Nigga said, "Don't be stupid. This this guy doesn't care about his life at all. <laughs> Not at all. Um, Dragging me into this mess. Damn it! <laughs> How dare you? Um. But yeah, it's really funny. Uh, Code asks her, "Hey, anything? Uh, anything special? Anything going on?" And um, she's basically like, "Oh, let's see. Hmm." Otsusuki dying? <laughs> and uh, she's like, whoa. How'd you know about that? And he's like, it made me laugh. It was pretty pathetic. And I'm like, damn. Damn. That's cold. Daddy right there you talking about. <laughs> yeah. You better relax before he smacked the shit out of you. It's funny because like, she, uh, she explains her powers and her powers are basically she can kind of see into the past can't see into the future but she can see any event from the past in real time oh wait no 
Oh yeah, she could see the past or she could see current events in real time. Uh, it's kind of not that detailed as far as that goes, I guess. Um, she she can't see anything that happened before her birth, so I guess like twelve years ago she can't look back at that. Um, she reveals that like Amato's the only one who can release who can um, release his limiters, so. You know, we either ha- you either have to go get Amato and force him to uh, cooperate or rip out his eyes and use his eyes uh, to release the limiters himself because part of the limiters is uh, ice rec- iris recognition and a voice print command code. Oh, geez, Brian's gone again. Uh, in any case... Um, yeah, that's basically as as far as it goes. Uh, she, this is where it, what bothers me because we start to get into the, uh, what's it called the the motivations of Ada, and I think this is what Josh was talking about earlier as well. Is she has the ability to kind of uh, make anybody fall in love with her, and her grudge against the motto is that she's like he took away my one my uh, my ability to have a real relationship and um um the only person who wouldn't be affected by her are Otsusuki and blood relatives uh and seeing as how Kawaki is technically a an Otsusuki because he had karma in him and so is Boruto both of them are candidates to be her boyfriend essentially and that's her goal she wants wait 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 wouldn't that wouldn't that mean that um fucking what's his name bit uh code shouldn't be affected by your either because he has a karma in him or it's is not it a real because karma. there wasn't oh okay yeah it was just a rejection yeah he's he's not like an otsuzuki because he doesn't have like ishiki's power within him really um so yeah that's her goal he's like they they kind of team up and he's like hey um you know you can take boruto and i'll take kawaki and kawaki will be my boyfriend uh and you know they build an alliance and that's how kind of the chapter ends um <sighs> i mean they put the lead on bug's face that's funny yeah, I it's it's I kept thinking he was gonna kill him. I feel so bad for him. This is kind of a timely thing because Josh and I both watched a uh, video by a YouTuber known as uh, Sage's Reign about how Naruto treats his female characters. Oh, uh, I thought that's what you were referring to. So you know the topic is fresh on our mind, uh, and uh, if you you should check out Sage's Reign's video. Uh, it, He's he's a really good YouTuber. He's a very good uh, essayist on this kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, and it, it's especially timely timely because like Kishimoto's writing this series now, so it's it's basically got like his fingerprints all over it. Um, it, it sucks that like a lot of this continues the tradition of female characters in Naruto having their entire character arcs be very dependent on another male character. Um, oh, but what about Serana? The secondary. Serana is the only hope. 
<laughs> that's why Serata is so great, is that she's the only one left. She has to redeem Sakura. The worst. She's basically character in fiction. She's basically carrying the weight of all of the female characters in Naruto by not having a character arc based around another guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe Ten Ten. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. But they don't have a show. So. Yeah. Uh, this chapter's fine. It is a lot of exposition and trying to meet Ada. It's kind of hard to do these kind of chapters when you have a monthly series because it is a lot of pages of exposition where I feel like in a weekly chapter, this would probably be wrapped up a lot sooner. So it's a little tedious to read when it's uh, however many pages, 30, 40 pages of this, where it is just kind of like explaining a lot of shit. Uh. And Code's not particularly like compelling yet as a villain, uh, and neither, definitely Ada's not. Uh, it, I really don't like that direction. Anyway. I, it's I, weird because like I feel like Boruto had decent momentum, mm-hmm. and even last chapter, even though I cracked mad jokes. I mean, we all did, but we code. we've been liking yeah, I mean, Boruto. You know, we did. Um, it was still okay, but you know, this is just like it's sour. I don't shit. know if it it's doesn't ruin it. I'm not, it just yes, it's sour. But man, like, there's sometimes I read certain, like I read comics, and when I just really don't give a fuck about what's going on, or I feel like the certain conversations between characters is just real bland. It just feels like like when I'm reading, it just feels like. I have this plain taste. Have you ever had unsweetened yogurt before? <laughs> yeah. Plain unsweetened plain, yogurt. Plain Greek it yogurt? Is fucking gross. <laughs> and it's just that, that. <laughs> that's that taste I get in my mouth. And, and while, while, while Cole and her were having like this, this whole conversation, and even after Gokage, they'll Gokage something. I was just, just plain yogurt. Plain yogurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I mean, it doesn't ruin Boruto for us, I guess. I no, guess. no, it doesn't ruin it. It was just like more of the, more of that shit that I didn't care about. And that's yeah. I don't really care about code that much myself, but I'm more interested in like, um, what's her name? What's the what's Ada? the yeah Ada a little bit more? Just because of this theory that I, that I have in my head. She's Amato's daughter. Yeah, you know, and that he obvious... made her this way so that she'll always feel loved and shit like that, which is kind of cool, I guess. It's I guess interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's for sure a model. I mean, we're not right a lot on this show, but I'm oh, I would bet almost my life on Ada being a model's daughter. Uh, and it's that's you cool. Start re- recording down these these call outs. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brian, can you t- keep a tally on how many times we're right and wrong? <laughs> no worries, no worries. I correct. got you. I got you guys. Correct, PDF. correct predi- uh, predictions. Don't worry, it, you're right. We're right all the time. We're wrong a lot. We're right all the time, audience. <laughs> all right, never doubt us. I'll say this: it was. Uh, I mean, I, it, I'm not thrilled about this chapter. It doesn't mean we're not bad. We're not thrilled about Boruto. We're very, I, I feel like we month to month it's kind of hard to, you know, we read these as they come out. So 
we only judge them as the series continues. I think we're about to get a very slow training arc anyway. I would like that. I think they're just doing some background stuff for these characters just so we can know that they're out there. And yeah. Motives are kind of, and maybe they'll just move them off. I would like that. I'm honestly. not worried. I'm not worried at all. Yeah. I mean, like, as long as they don't fucking har- harp on this as if, like, the next chapter, she's just like, no, I really want a boyfriend. Uh, and we just cut over to Kawaki and Boruto training. I'd be way okay with that. I'm good with compartmentalizing this whole thing. Um, but that's all I got to say about Boruto. Oh, it's all right. Nothing, nothing fantastic. Um, you guys ready to move onward? Then let's randomize. Uh, the champ is here! My hero academia. Brian's suffering with allergies, it looks like. Oh, allergies are fucking killing me, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, this is My Hero Academia, Chapter 309. Can't be a child anymore. Uh, yeah, last we left off. Anybody's uh, RGC? I mean, I was going to save till later, but it is mine. RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified <laughs> This one's for Brian. How about you, Josh? How do you... Oh, no. <gasps> what was yours? What's left? Are we missing? Oh, wow. All right. Really? Okay. And actually, I voted for it, too. Okay. Okay. That's how I knew Black Clover definitely was winning. I was like, oh. Ooh, handily too, fifty something percent. But in any case, this is my academia. Um, last we left off, uh, Midoriya stomped Jailbreaker slash muscular, and uh, he's now flying off, you know, into the sky. He's got him in hand in the black whip while flying. How far our boy has come. Um, meanwhile, a couple of students from Ketsubutsu Academy. Uh, look up into the sky and they're like, yo, look at that guy. It's Jailbreaker. He got him. Ketsubutsu. Ketsubutsu. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, we get a little scene that shows that yo kind of remembers him. And he's like, whoa, mm. this kid's got a different vibe. Um, Midoriya arrives at the at the police station completely in smokescreen. And um, he's like, I got Jailbreaker. Don't shoot. I'm out. Drops off Jailbreaker, leaves. Um, and Midoriya flies off. He says he 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 calls someone on the phone and he says uh, he calls All Might. He says I'm headed back, and All Might's out here rocking the shades and the fucking leather jacket, looking fresh as hell with his denim jeans. <laughs> uh, as Deku just lands beside him, uh. And uh, he's like, hey, are you all right? Are you okay? Uh, how are your arms and legs? He's like, I'm doing all right. Uh, you or- Thanks to these things, these uh, mid-gauntlets compression support items you ordered from America before trades, uh, bo- trade borders shut down, uh, I'm doing okay. Um, and uh, these mid-gauntlets are kind of like a reference to uh, the first My Hero Academia movie where he uses these uh, bands. Although it's no confirmed connection between the two. Uh, these seem to be actually weaker versions of the ones that are in the movie. Uh, but they look exactly like them. 
uh, <laughs> which is kind of cool. A little shout out. Um, but yeah, they're basically made to uh, hold Midoriya's arms together so he could use uh, the Power Stalker uh, quirk to its fullest without breaking his arms like he used to. Um, he gets a call and uh, it turns out that uh, Hawks is also in the city and so is um, so is Best Genist and Endeavor and they're just fighting villains as well. Uh, Midoriya flies off and uh, All Might's like, damn it, he left again. And Hawks is like, actually, this is probably a good thing. You know, um, one line of thinking would be to keep him isolated is the best way to prepare him for what's coming, you know? Because if he's less prepared than the villains that he faces off against, uh, it's all over anyway. And we cut over back in time to, you know, explain how Deku ended up in this situation. Uh, after his recovery, and his mom's is in the picture again, um, they ex- uh, the doctor explains like, hey, uh, so I heard you've been warned that these abilities can tear your body apart, but you know what? It's gotten a little better. Um, you are still injured, but not nearly as bad as before because uh, he's at 45% capacity in terms of how much of the power broker, uh, power stalker technique he can use. Um, and uh, yeah, a little bit of progression. It makes sense. Yeah, it, it made sense. It, I think it was, a, it was a clever way to kind of just say, yeah, 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 I don't got to worry about his broken arms no more. It's not really. Well, not as bad as before. Um, his body's sure. stronger, so he can handle it a little more. Um, I mean, I thought his his arms and legs were going to be jello. Yeah, but or like maybe he had rope. It was some type of quirk. He was going to be able to use his arms and legs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, but uh, they did this instead, which was cool. It was a much straightforward. He's good. Yeah, um, got gauntlets. Don't worry, he'll be alright. Um. Midoriya's mom asks for an explanation and uh, All Might seems to explain the whole fucking thing to her. Um, and she asks, what's going to happen to him? And um, All Might's like, hey, uh, he'll be fine. We're making arrangements to keep him protected at UA. And that's when Midoriya says, I'm not going back to UA because Shigaraki has the ability to locate him. And as after everybody got fucking smacked before, uh, he's he's not prepared to see anybody else get hurt. Um, so, you know, he thinks the better option would be to attack them before they get to full strength. So, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna build up his strength a little faster and, you know, intercept Midoriya, uh, not Midoriya, Shikaragi before he can gain full power himself. Um, and we get this little moment. <laughs> I mean, whenever Midoriya's mom is in a thing, it's always just like, fuck my heart, <laughs> uh, where, you know, she calls back to the time where, um, you know, she's playing with her with young Midoriya in his little All Might costume, and um, it cuts to the present where she's where now Midoriya is hugging her and be like, "I have to go, but that's okay. I'll come back home to you." And I'm like, "Midoriya's mom!" Ah! <laughs> Makes me cry almost every time. And All Might starts feeling bad because he remembers the time where he said that he would look after him. Uh, a while back and um, All Might's like I know I can't stop you from going but I'm coming too whether you like it or not uh, and Best Genus and Hawks and Endeavor learn about Midoriya's intentions and they're like I guess that's okay I mean you know we can we were going to make him the focal point of our efforts anyway so 
you know, he can do what he wants and we'll just be around to like make sure it doesn't get too crazy. Um and uh we get this final scene where um I guess he tell uh Midoriya tells um Gran Torino about how Nana Shimura was crying about like what happened with Shigaraki and all that stuff. And he apologizes for not making the kill and he says, Don't be so rigid. Killing can be another way to save someone. As he takes as Midoriya takes uh the the sash, I guess, for lack of a better word, from all from this guy from uh, Gran Torino, and uh, we learn that the, there's a team up now with the final splash page being of Midoriya teaming up with the top three and All Might, uh, and that's where the chapter ends. Uh, sheesh, a lot to unpack. Uh, <laughs> we had our concerns, I guess. Fair to say. Um, but I feel like this did a lot to alleviate my own kind of gripes. Um, I don't think, uh, my whole, my whole assumption was that Midoriya went off rogue and he's doing this all on his own, but you know, it's good that he has a support system and this is way more organized than we thought it was initially. Uh, and more importantly that Midoriya doesn't seem to have like been that changed in terms of a disposition. You know, he's he's using his head and is like, look, this is the only yeah. way I can keep my friends from getting killed. So um, I appreciate that a lot. And Which, uh, to be fair, I called it. You didn't call it exactly <laughs> like, like this. I said I said that he's a he was growing. He was growing and he was only doing this because he didn't want people to fucking get rolled by by no, that's the Shigaraki. Only thing you said was that he's doing it to protect the others. Now my my all right, I think I'm gonna tell you this. I think the chapter did help make the point that, like, look, the like he's it's not gonna help if he just stays sheltered at UA and doesn't get out there and you know just really experiences his abilities and such. And then I guess I I feel like the the safety part of it is honestly secondary. I mean, they said it like he's they're proactively out there searching for these guys so that. You know, they have less time to prepare for their big move and their big attack. That's the point of this whole super-duper cool team-up that's about to happen, I guess, and why they're already going to find the villains, you know, so... Exactly. I mean, it is about keeping people safe, but it is more about, like, in order to keep them safe, we have to act first. We have to act before they... I think that makes sense. And just because they're about to act first doesn't mean that this series is about to end next chapter. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I'll say this. Um, as long as that's the case. I've been, I've been reading back My Hero. I own every volume, so I've just been like slowly you know, reading it from the very beginning because I've always wanted to see how it kind of flows. Uh, one thing, reading this chapter and then reading, like, I'm up to the first time Bakugo and Do- Deku fought in like that little building where they were doing their little test. Um, and it is pretty cool. This chapter is called Can't Be a Child Anymore. Uh, it kind of struck me how much Midoriya was so different in in a way where he was so scared and he, he was going for it and going for his dream and doing all this stuff, but he was so scared in the meantime and he was constantly crying and nervous. And now he's like, it's time to, it's time to be fucking grab my nuts, be a big boy and take care of business. And that's a, that's, that's as focused as my hero academia it is as at least the focus is, 
it pays off in terms of Midoriya's character because I think this has just been a great main character progression uh, over 300 chapters. And it's very natural how braver he becomes and how more confident he becomes over time. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a very underrated thing that not a lot of people see is how much Midoriya is a different person from when the series started. Uh, but yeah, I, this was my RGC. Uh, I don't have much else to say about it. It was great. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next for my hero. Uh, you, you guys got uh, any closing thoughts before we go? Um, I really liked how much people started to kind of, it's kind of like, I kind of liked how much Deku was involved with this process where it's like, you know, he was going to do it whether they didn't want him to do it or not. They just decided to back him in this. You know, it wasn't something that somebody told him to do. And it's not like people stopped him from doing it. It's literally the Deku show. And there's a reason for it. It's not just because he's the main character. It's because he has this power that was given to him. So he has to become this person. And they recognize that, you know? And this is his step forward to becoming the symbol of peace at some point in the series, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, still not used to his suit looking so menacingly, though. You know what I mean? Like, sure I feel like change. with the hood on and all that stuff, he looks kind of like it doesn't match his uh, his uh, personality. But I feel I still like the suit. Don't get me wrong. But it's just it feels odd being on Deku when it looks like that, you know? Weirdly enough, looking back, uh, the suit looks a lot better than when the series started, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. But yeah, I mean, Deku's suit itself has always been kind of like lackluster, in my opinion. But I think that's kind of the point. I think he's supposed to get an official costume down the road when he really becomes a hero. And hopefully he won't have those weird ears that always looked out of place. But I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got to say about My Hero Academia. Let us randomize. Let me say, is this ice? <laughs> Dickhead, is it cold? Undead Unluck. This is Undead Unluck Chapter 60, Truth. Uh, Josh, this is your RGC I see out here? Yes. Oh, wow. First time. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. So it starts so off. This, oh, sorry. Oh, Go no, I just wanted to say how, like, this was the first one I read. I usually either read Black Clover or Undead on Black first. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Unless I'm, like, real thirsty and I go straight for One Piece or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, it was, it was weird because after I finished reading everything, all I, I just kept thinking about how, like, yo, Undead Unlocked is lit. Like, I, I, you, um, so that that's what made me vote. That was that was honestly what made me vote for it. And um, I don't know. I'll explain later. All right. I feel the way I feel. Let's cover it. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, we start off with this uh little like one page flashback thing where uh Mui asks, "Why do you want to be the strongest in all creation, Shen?" Shen, and basically it's to like kill his teacher because he's responsible for his little sister's death. 
and we cut to the present where he's just shouting out Fang and Fang's like just got the fucking shite. He's like the special movie just hit him. Shen's got the most shistiest grin on his face as he's, his student is desperately, angrily calling his name. And, um, yeah, he continues to beat up on him. And uh, we get a little reminder that untruth is an ability that only activates on targets that Shen is actually fond of. And it's not working on Feng because Shen hates him. He hates that yeah. <laughs> He hates that motherfucker. Uh and Shang doesn't hate everybody. He he liked those zombies more than like he, he liked these zombies on site more than he hates more than he likes Fang, who he's known forever. Uh, and it explains. It's interesting because like we get a backstory as to what his, what Shen's what happened to Shen's sister, and I guess they were like she was hanging over a cliff at some point, and he had her hand. And because of his untruth ability that awakened in that moment, uh, it caused her to do the opposite of what she wanted to do. And she let go of his hand and she fell to her death. Oh, good. Rough as I'm not even going Yeah. I already put two and two together. Like, when he, as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, Yeah. Oh, that was his moment. Mm hmm. That was his negator moment. Yeah. <laughs> when you kill your parents or something. Yeah, he he didn't have any parents to kill, so he killed his sister instead. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mui tries to come in and do something, but she gets fucking clocked. <laughs> she gets absolutely destroyed. And uh he basically kidnaps her. He's like, Oh, your sister sets uh, your sister's death made uh, made you stronger. I wonder how much stronger this girl's death will make you. Yo, petty as fuck. Yeah, for real. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Uh, meanwhile, it's and- especially petty when he breaks down what he's about a little bit later on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy comes out and he's like destroying summer bodies, uh, and um, he destroys one of them. It's not the core, but because Feng is riding on the real core, um, and. You know they, he, uh, Fuko notices that she's got that he's got Mui, and we actually get an explanation as to uh, how uh, Rip got uh, younger, because if you remember way back, uh, Andy killed Rip, and then a couple chapters later he came back as a fifteen-year-old boy, so that was pretty cool. Oh, I don't know fifteen, I don't know his ex- exact age, but he was a child. Um, no, but it, the way it worked inversely, since he made him younger, it made him 150 years younger. Exactly. And then, and then Undead has the nerve to ask this nigga, geez, how old are you? Like, bro, you've been alive since. I think Fuko asked Mad that question. Loops, bro. He... Oh, <laughs> was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, My bad. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird for him to say that to him. Like, nigga, what? <laughs> You're the oldest one here. Yeah. And then he's like, why are you buttoning in on our fucking quest? And um, he's like, I'm trying to develop. Valid some- question. I'm trying to develop some characters. And uh, he's like, we can't. We don't have time for this shit. Ragnarok's on the way. So, you know, get the fuck out of our way. And Fang's like, oh, Ragnarok, the battle with God. 
<laughs> Sounds amusing. Johnny Rogers smile. <laughs> the Jolly Where's Rogers. my One Piece at? Go find it. Ha ha. <laughs> no, but um, I hid all my treasure in one place. <laughs> Your mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get one of these. <laughs> And that's what I was talking about earlier when I was like, yo, his whole motive to, for even working with um, Edge. What was the name of their group? Beyond. No, Under. And under. Is under. <laughs> I said Edge. <laughs> edge. Might as all well right. be. Yeah. It was like, literally, he's doing all of this just because he's like, man, I just want to fight strong people. Yeah. And I want to see strong people get stronger before I bust their ass so I can know how strong I am. Yeah. That's his whole point. They just said, bro, we're trying to kill God. Stop playing. He said, that sounds lit. I can't wait to see him. Like, come on, man. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. He drops a bunch of bombs on them. But uh, Andy, in a cool two-page spread, comes through with his gomu gomu no twist rifle type move um, where he twists his fists around and then uh, explodes it off of him. Uh, Knocking. No one will get in the way of my conquest. Yeah. Fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. He knocks this fucking dude way to the back. He said, sit down with his vortex fist. But uh, Feng actually caught it, caught the fist. Uh, and the chapter ends with him catching the fist and going, hey, Jin Kai. Dude, you gotta be a fool to think you could beat our buddy to hell and leave without us putting up a fight. You know what that means, really man. He yeah. said, nigga. You just beat this shit out of my friend. I'm definitely about to slide. Fuck is he talking about? Um, yo, nigga, trying to, yo, oh man, he he. This part of the reason I'm dead on lock is is like so awesome is because Andy is a dope character for real. He is real extra at first, but then he then it kind of like you said it tones down. Like they stop being so OD with it after the second chapter, mm-hmm. and then you know he he he's really unique as a protagonist. He's a middle aged man. Yeah, I think he's an Ajuma male. I guess that's a new word I learned. Did you know the Ajuma? word Ajuma? No, what is that? I, I'm probably announcing it wrong. You say Ajuma and male. Brian has definitely, yeah. So Ajuma is is apparently a Korean term for middle aged woman, and someone used it as an insult in in, in the comic. It was like you're just a worthless Ajuma. I was like, damn, son, because you know, like. I guess in uh, you know some of these other places that you know women women already take their age seriously, but you know they're probably way more blunt about it in other places. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who gives a shit about you? You're ugly and old. You know what I'm saying? It's fucked up. But yeah. I guess that's where the term comes from. But yeah. a juma means middle aged woman, so I have to say a juma male. Yeah. It's popped up in solo leveling a couple of times actually. Hmm. I don't know if Ryan can remember the name the word itself, but the more you learn. You know, they're both Korean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, that's the one sound I didn't get. I gotta get the uh, the more you learn. Uh but yeah, I, no, I agree. I think Andy is just yeah. like a fun shonen protagonist, even though he's old. He's like one of the older protagonists, I think. He's, he's like he's like your uncle, your big bro, and your dad. All at the same time. <laughs> And I guess Fumio's uh, Fuka. F- Fumio. uh Fuko's Fuka. elderly, uh, uh, elder statesman boyfriend. 
Yeah. You know, girls love 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 all the guys, right? <laughs> He's all of that packed into one. And he just hit this nigga fang with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um so, Yeah, I agree. Undead yeah, it was it was really fun and I I don't know, I like these characters. I I like I, I think Shen Shen got deeper. Fang is a really dope villain. And then he's that nigga. <laughs> yeah. Really dope chapter. Yeah. I'll say this. I mean, like, Undead Unluck is incredibly fun when it gets going and, you know, you're in the middle of, like, really cool action and the power system is so fun, you know, where it's not, like, detailed and it's not intricate and there's no, like, there's a little bit of strategy, but, you know, it's, like, just fun. This yeah, dude not lit- everything has to be that way. Yeah. It's just that when you lack luster in most other areas, you're like, damn, can, you, can we please at least get some more? Yeah, I mean, it also helps that they they apply everything in such a unique way. Like, literally, a lot of Andy's powers is just blowing shit off of him in different for different reasons. Like, he blows off his legs in order to, like, fly in the air and shit. Uh, Shoots rocket punches yeah. at his enemies to vanquish them. He yeah. has a, puts his sword in his body. To hold, his body is the holster. Yeah, he's, he's she's he his body. He can't die anyway. <laughs> he's got the sheath body. Um, she's body she's back yeah uh but yeah very fun chapter uh over, long overdue for undead unluck it's it's a great series very fun to read uh but that's all i gotta say about it um you guys ready to bring this home well yep absolutely thank you guys so much for listening that has been our show wowee a long one but you know what we had a lot of stuff to talk about we had 10 we had 10 series all in all so i hope you guys enjoyed it uh you can follow me at the chris espinal at jd cole underscore 37 at b.esp follow brian's twitch stream at twitch.tv slash it's punchline uh email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com follow us at newjumpcity on twitter and instagram as well comment below if you like the show uh leave us a five-star review on itunes and subscribe to us we are on itunes spotify amazon music uh apple podcasts if that's a different thing that you guys use uh we're on a lot of shit so find us subscribe and share the show uh very much appreciated if you did uh and yeah we'll see you guys next week and stay safe new jump citizens